are going to take a quick moment and thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Pre-prepared, chef-catered, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You pop it in the microwave for two minutes and it's golden. No prep, no mess, it's just perfect for our routines. Head to factormeals.com slash Rebecca50 and use code Rebecca50 for 50% off. That's code Rebecca50 at factormeals.com slash Rebecca50 for 50% off. Now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. So for a long time, I have been kind of against themed episodes, and it kind of started with Haley and Kendra, right? Like, I I don't really know what I planned. Um, I don't know when I planned on airing their episode, but just hearing them talk about companies rainbow washing things and only really caring about, like, pride issues, LGBTQ issues during Pride Month, I was like, oh, maybe we, sh- we should not be contributing to that like I'm not holding this episode till pride month I'm not holding the schizophrenia episode until mental health awareness month I shouldn't worry about those things you know um and so I tried really hard to stay away from themed episodes but so many people have been asking to see a resurgence of my husband who has not been like on camera with the podcast but has had much a a much bigger role on my YouTube and on other platforms on um, people on my YouTube specifically call Avery the friendly neighborhood lawyer man um so I decided why not themed episode for Valentine's Day what's the worst that'll happen <laughs> so everyone who has not met him on my social media platforms this is Avery my husband thank you so much for inviting me into <laughs> my own home you're so welcome thank in you. our studio <laughs> It's and an honor to be here today. Thank you. I, I'm glad you think so. You're like you're really quick and witty, and I I can't. I'm not always as quick as witty, so it just annoys me. And it's also so funny because you know, when I first started the podcast, people are like, "Oh, you're making introductions so like obvious and weird and awkward. Stop doing that. You just, just like start the episode." And I was like, "Okay." So I just started the episode for a few months and then people on YouTube were like, you're so rude to your guests. Like you're not introducing anyone. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I wasn't really sure what to do for you. I think I would generally introduce the other people because being formal with you feels weird though. <laughs> I was just holding that joke for as long as you had told me we we're going to do this. Oh, <laughs> okay. Now I don't feel so bad for not having a comeback for you. What I kind of figured for today is, you know, there's, I guess we can kind of see where it goes. There's so many options, really. I definitely wanted to have followers and listeners submit questions, you know, and talk about like dating questions and dating norms from the perspective of a man and a woman. Because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions we don't agree on, and that's fine. And there might be a lot of questions that I answer that other women are like, that's stupid. Why would you think that? 
And I, I, I have another series on my YouTube called Am I the Bad Apple where like we do kind of advice and who do we think is in the wrong and who do we think is in the right. And I always like to preface that with we all have different experiences. We all have different perspectives. And because of the different experiences we all live, that really shapes our opinions and our perspectives. And so I just want to have everyone keep that in mind. And you might completely disagree with everything that I have to say. And you might completely disagree with everything that Avery has to say, but we are just answering questions about love and dating and sharing your life with somebody um, while also sharing some wild stories that y'all have sent us as well. So I guess we're going to get started. I can't really be serious with you. It's, That's okay. That's it's okay. a problem. Do you know how long we've been together? I do. I just want to know if you know. Yeah, it was together been... A little over nine years, close to ten, and then we've been married. This for year is five. ten. Yeah, this this spring is ten. It's still over nine. That's what it is. <laughs> but it's it's like it's ten. Okay, you passed that test. Um, so for those who don't know, I don't know if I've even ever really shared this. I hated this story for the longest time. Um, but this is how Avery and I met. It's my favorite story. Is it really? I love to tell people this one. Why? <laughs> okay. I think it's funny. Well, tell your perspective. Okay. Then. Okay. So, um, I was just like finished. I was finishing high school. I just turned 18. I was, I had just recently gotten out of my high school relationship, um, with this awful human being. Like this guy was just abusive in so many ways, like not a good dude. Um, and I was just feeling very defeated when it came to life. Like, I let this guy manipulate me for so long. Like, I just felt bad, you know? Like, I just felt bad about myself. And I had a friend at the time who was like, you need to get on, you know, those apps, you know, like Tinder and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that's not really my vibe. Like, I'm not a hookup kind of a person and there's nothing wrong with in, in anyone else who is, but that's just not me. That That's not my vibe. And she's no, you don't, you don't need to like do anything. You just go on, make an account. You let a bunch of men tell you how pretty you are, you know, a little ego boost and you're good to go. You, you move on and find yourself someone else. But you know, it's just kind of gets you over that little slump kind of thing. So, okay, that, I guess. And so I made an account and there were a bunch of weird, creepy dudes sending some of the grossest messages I've ever read. Like it was just very clear that they were there for one thing and again not my vibe and then there was one guy who just started chatting with me about homework <laughs> and schoolwork and yeah what a weirdo and that like i like school and education and things like that and then one day he asked for my phone number. And then it was so funny. Um, it was actually Valentine's Day was our first date. And I remember my mom, she hated my ex-boyfriend. She hated him so much. And I remember like I got, I got dressed up. I put on makeup for the first time in the longest time. And she's like, oh, what are your Valentine's Day plans? And I was like, oh, I have a date. And she goes, with who? And I was like, oh, just with a boy. And she said, well does his name start with an A? And I didn't even think about it because like Whoa. both of your names just start. And I said, yeah. And she just got really defensive. And I was like, oh, it's not, it's not my ex. It's not. And she goes, she got you good. oh, she goes, well, where did, where did you meet this boy? And I said, 
oh, well, I met him online. And she goes, oh, well, let me see a photo of him. And I said, well, he doesn't really do a lot of social media stuff. And she looks at me and she goes, is he picking you up from the house? And I said, yeah. And she goes, so let me get this straight. You met a man on the internet. He doesn't really have a lot of social media pictures. And your first instinct was, yeah, here's my address. Come pick me up for this date that you didn't tell anybody about. And I said, oh, yeah, you might, you might have a point. It's questionable judgment in hindsight. <laughs> I'm a very trusting person and a very gullible person. You're also really young. I, But I'm still an overly trusting and gullible person. But anyways, my mom postponed her lunch date on Valentine's Day with my dad to wait at the house to make sure a serial killer didn't show up at her door. He was a very, very polite young man, came up, met my mom on the first date. I mean, we were young. We went to the park. We went to two different parks and walked around in the snow. And then we went to dinner with my parents and my brother at Five Guys. And we stayed up watching the Winter Olympics with my brother while you played the guitar for all of us. And that was our first date. So, much shorter version from my side. The, uh, <laughs> so I was on the college baseball team back in the day. Uh, a lot of the guys were doing this dating app that would give you a rating when you swiped left or right. Now, today, that's not really a thing that happens anymore because yeah. of a lot of political correctness and things, which is a good thing. It's right. It was a bad feature. But they were trying to compete to see who could get the best rating. And I was like, eh, I'll jump into this You're thing so late. Competitive. I'll jump into this thing late and see, because they were only doing it for a couple weeks. And it was like, I'll do it for the last four days, and I won't even really do it. I'll just let my roommates just, like, go on and swipe left or right and see what happens, just to, like, do the little rating part of it. And I didn't really talk to anybody on there one day where I just started talking to this what? girl that was, uh, you know, close enough that I could go see her. And we clicked on like school and things like that. And I was never really into, I guess, the dating app promiscuity yeah. side of it. So it wasn't really what I was looking for. <laughs> I was more just looking to talk to people and meet new people. And that's how it happened. I was in a competition with a bunch of high school or a bunch of college pitchers. I think what intrigued you is that you're like a very confident, competitive person. And I think one of the first things I said to you was an insult, but like on accident. Because you were a music major and you told me, you're like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of homework. And I was like, what's your major in music? And I was like, is that like the real thing? Like, well, like that's hard. And I really offended. And I didn't, I didn't know. And I think that's what piqued your interest is that I wasn't just, Avery, the baseball player. <laughs> no, that would have been fine too, I think. But it's fine. So, like, our first date was not very conventional. You know, most first dates aren't, like, hanging out with, not even just, like, hanging out with the family, but going to dinner with the family. But one of the questions that a lot of people have been asking and wanted me to talk about, or us to talk about in this episode, is ideas for the first date who pays on the first date? Like who should plan the first date? Who should pay for the first date? What are your- Oh, I thought you were gonna ask about first date ideas. No, 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 no. I think that's very dependent on the couple and who you two are. So like if it's going to be an actual argument where you two are fighting- About butting what? heads on the first date, who pays? That's uh, probably not the person for you. Yeah. Whereas like if it were me going on a first date, I would always offer to pay because okay. that's just how I was raised. And 
I would think that it would be very dependent on where you're from, who you are, who the two people are, and what their preferences are. I don't think there's a wrong answer for who pays. Okay. The most logical and sensible way would just be to expect to split it halfway. And if someone offers, you can accept it or you can offer back to either split or, you know, take the full tab yourself. I think it's dependent on who asks for the date. And I don't, I don't think that's a one way or another. Like, I think it can go either way. I know it's more common for the guy to ask out the girl, um, but I don't think there's anything against a girl asking out a guy. But regardless, I think whoever asks for the date, that is who should assume they're paying. Not to say that the other person can't offer to split because I think that could be, I think that's fine as well. But I think if you're willing to ask for the date, you should assume that you're paying. I think that's sensible and logical approach to it. Yeah. But I do also disagree with the premise because normally a date really? is based on mutual interest. So if you both are interested and you both okay. have agreed to do a hobby task or event, then you should expect to go into this doing what or covering what you have taken in. Or taken I don't from disagree, it. but I guess I see it more and, as like, oh, this person asked me out. I assume they're going to pay for the first date. And if I enjoy it, I'll pick up the next tab. Like I see it as a I think tit for tat kind of thing. It's but a I, fair I, way I to can look also at it. see like splitting each time also being fair. As for other individuals and other couples' preferences, I mean, I think they're just people. If someone has a like an interest, I don't think, especially in 2024, those walls are kind of breaking down. I think it's very common for girls just to say, I'm interested in a guy. Do you want to do something? Or I'm interested in a girl or a guy. I'm interested in a guy. I think that's all very sensible at this point. I don't think there's anything wrong with anyone asking someone, hey, do you have an interest in me? I have an interest in you. Let's go do something. Well, another question that um, was submitted numerous times is how do you even find, how do you even figure out if someone likes you and if you should ask them out? I don't think there's a real answer to that other than like asking. I think that's the know? age old question for everyone from <laughs> like 10 to 100. <laughs> is there are certain maybe telltale signs or you ask a friend or something like that, but it's really the it's only thing you can do is say, hey, I am attracted to you for these reasons. Would you like to do something? Or, and then if they say yes, then you make it clear that, you know, this is either as friends or I want to be more than friends and go from there. <laughs> Someone actually sent me a story about how um, I, they, they were worried this girl just didn't like them. But I don't think this girl knew that it was a date. I think that there was definitely a misconception about if they were going on friends, going out as friends or as a date. And that, this is why I got to make it clear. So this guy had been really pining over this girl. He had been watching her at school for so long and just really wanted to ask her out. And he finally worked up the cup and he finally worked up the courage. It was like, hey, I know you're really into theater and things like that. And there was a play going on this weekend. I would love if we went together. And she was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I didn't know you were into theater. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Um, if you let me know if you get your ticket and I'll get mine. And he just assumed that they were splitting the bill, which is fine. You know, it's very normal in today's age. Um, but he shows up for the date and he sees the girl with her mom. And, um, That's awesome. <laughs> and 
the mom is like, oh, I'm so excited. This was such a good idea. Thanks so much for like letting us know about this play. And this guy was like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess we're just hanging out with this girl and her mom. It's fine. And they did. And it was so much fun. But he's like, you know, nah, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> That's like optimal first date, though. You get to see like the whole family history right there and how Is they it? interact. It would have been for me. Now, for other people, it may not have been, but like I was always a parent pleaser. Yeah, you ha you are. You are a massive parent pleaser. I was born a 70 year old. So that's just how it goes. Yeah, that's oh, always man. been our joke that like I met you when you were 70 years old on the inside. Yeah, I've always been an old man at heart. <laughs> but also like, there are so many questions that go into that, you know, like how long should you wait to meet someone's family? How long until you talk about religious or political ideologies? Like these are all very good questions. But again, I don't, I don't know. Do you think there's a right answer for those things? I do not think there's a right answer. What I do think is it's again, based on personal preference and it's good to get major issues like rolling earlier on like maybe not the first date or the second date maybe you just take that to get to know each other get to know hey who is this person is it someone that doesn't have like some you know i'm so sorry to interrupt you there's a cat that wants into this room so badly <laughs> he's reaching his paw through <laughs> hey mr mister i think it's better to get like big ideas rolling off the start so if you're going to spend you know 10 dates on this person and there's going to be some huge major red flag that comes up it'd be good to know about that on like you know the third date instead of two months from now i don't see the, i just don't see the point in waiting like exactly what you just said you know like if you're trying to find your person it's like when it comes to religion when it comes to politics like that, that can be some really massive deal breakers for some people. I just don't see the point in waiting. I could see being respectful on like a first or second date or the first or second time you meet someone. If it's like you've never met them before, you hadn't known their family or them at all. But then you really want to kind of know who this person is right. if you're going to be dating them. Right. And like, I don't know, it might be different for you, but I'm someone that I get attached to people very quickly, whether it's romantically, whether it's with friends. I mean, you know, <laughs> I get super attached very quickly. I don't want to wait two or three dates to know like, oh, I grew up Jewish. That's a deal breaker for you. Okay. Because. Wait. <laughs> so for me, like, I mean, I don't know if there's really a tactful way to do it immediately, but like, I would even say if you're talking with this person and texting and like meeting before you're officially dating, I think it makes sense to have some of those conversations before you officially start dating. You know I what I mean? I think these points of interest come up naturally and normally very quickly because people will bond over them or they're easy topics of conversation. And if they feel awkward or weird that they're coming out and it's not like just an uneasy first impression type thing, there's probably a issue where you want to consider moving on or see if this is something that is going to be something you can work through. Oh, you want on dad's lap. That's what it is. Oh, okay. And so we have a, a little cheater over there. For hey. those who don't know, um, Vixie, Avery's cat, is sitting right next to me. She's off camera. But my cat, Milo, just hopped up on Avery's lap and it might be the most offensive thing I've ever seen in my life. Speaking of cheaters, <coughs> Milo.
You share how she talks about you. We're going to take a quick moment and thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Pre-prepared, chef-catered, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. My husband Avery and I, we hate cooking. It feels like such a chore, which is why we really love Factor. You'll have 35 different options a week to choose from, including vegan, vegetarian, calorie smart, keto, and lots of others. Like most couples, my husband and I have very different diets. So when I'm picking out our selections each week, I filter all the options by calories. Avery eats a very high calorie diet and I prefer something a little bit more calorie smart. And Factor can filter and order all the meals accordingly, which is really awesome and super helpful. Each delivery arrives completely ready to go. You just put them in the fridge, and whenever you're ready to eat, you pop it in the microwave for two minutes, and it's golden. No prep, no mess. It's just perfect for our routines. Head to factormeals.com Rebecca50 and use code Rebecca50 for 50% off. That's code Rebecca50 at factormeals.com Rebecca50 for 50% off. Now back to the episode. Do you think there's ever, ever, in any situation, a justifiable reason to cheat on your spouse no. or significant other? No, that seems like a silly question to me. 100%. I, I got that question so much. I don't understand why. Now, if you want to say, what do you consider cheating? That seems to okay. be a more interesting what do you topic consider cheating? than people. Like, what, do you, what do you consider cheating? I've heard any number of things. For what you, do I consider you, cheating? Yeah, what do you consider cheating? So if you want me to give like the by the book legal explanation, it would be <laughs> it would be your intent, like or is your intent to do something you shouldn't have done in a relationship. I guess it's the easiest way to put it without going into a bunch of detail. Okay. But like I've heard anything from if you're in a relationship with a girl, you shouldn't like, you know, people from other countries or other states will like kiss on the cheek. I've seen people get mad about that, like with entrances or saying hello. I've seen people get mad about like holding hands with another girl. Does that cross a line or another significant other? It should not just a girl. It could be anybody. Uh, does going on a date like scenario count, even if it's not a date? Like if you went like to the play and it was just you and that girl in the musical and you were, you know, not friends, but not more than friends. Does that cross a line? I think that there are some instances of cheating that are just like blatantly obvious. Like if you're gonna kiss somebody, if you're gonna like sleep with somebody, like. Well, that's a great question. What if someone kisses you? Say you're at a New Year's party and you two are, you know, across like California, North Carolina, across the states, and some guy just randomly comes up and just kisses you and you never. Then that's assault. Well, I didn't say it wasn't, but it's... But like, so like for me, there's a different... If it's assault, if you've been assaulted, you're not cheating. You got assaulted. That's different. If someone just comes up to you and kisses you, no permission, no nothing, that's not cheating. Then you just got assaulted. So you're saying you like my definition. It's all about intent. It's not... I think they're yes, but also no. Um, I think they're... Again... So you can unintentionally cheat listen let me finish so I think again there are just some blatantly obvious things that like yes unquestionable that is cheating and that is like you know kissing someone sleeping with people like those kinds of things um there is like that idea of emotional cheating where you know there might not be intent in the beginning and then it kind of develops I'm assuming that most people don't go into something like that with the intent 
But you'd be surprised. Yes. I would like to think it's not intended, but at the same time, like, I also don't want to assume, like, oh, yeah, you just, like, fall in love with someone else. Like, it's normally, I would guess, opportunity plus is what I would say. So there's an opportunity plus a situation where there is either higher emotions or someone's attracted, etc. And that leads into issues with someone's commitment. Maybe the best way to put it. There can also be gray areas. You know, there might be some people who see um, a kiss on the cheek to say hello as cheating, whereas to other people, they're like, no, that's very platonic. Like, I I just got this uh, Am I the Bad Apple submission the other day for this week, and here's the situation. This guy has a girlfriend, and he also has what he considers a work wife. And he says that his work wife is like a solid 10. He used those words specifically. His work wife is a solid 10. And she told him that all throughout high school that she never received like the candy grams or the little Valentine's Day flowers or anything like that from anyone in her school. And he was shocked because she's a 10. So he decided that for Valentine's Day, it would be appropriate to send his work wife Uh, white flowers because he was under the impression that white flowers meant friendship in platonic relationships Um, but he knew his girlfriend wouldn't really understand so he tried to make sure that they delivered on a day she wouldn't be home Um, he forgot to change the date they arrived on a day that she was home so these white flowers just white flowers arrived at the house the girlfriend answered the door thought they were for her Got super excited because she thought her boyfriend got her flowers. Read the name on the card and just started sobbing. Delivered to the wrong address. No, it had had the work wife's name on it. (laughs) This wasn't for me. (laughs) Well, he told her, he's like, no, like I, I got my work wife flowers because she's never, she's never been someone's Valentine before. And she was like, she can't be yours what and he goes no you don't understand these are white flowers they're for friendship i got red flowers coming for you next week and she just was not she was not having it she was not taking and so he's like and she said i feel like this is emotional cheating you are developing this relationship that is becoming secretive you're going behind my back you're getting her gifts for valentine's day like you are obviously very attracted to her this is emotional cheating and he told her there's no such thing as emotional cheating. That's just a feminist buzzword that women like to throw around on the internet. That's not real. And so that's that's the question. First of all, I know I already made my feelings on this very clear on Am I the Bad Apple. Um, I think he's such a jerk. To me, yeah, this guy is emotionally cheating. Like, he's clearly very attracted to this woman. I, like, I, I feel like the moment the girlfriend leaves him, He's going to try and date the co-worker. To me, that's he's being unfaithful. The moment he's going behind her back. I mean, if the girlfriend were to leave him, I don't think it would be irrational for him, if he is attracted to her, to talk to the work wife. But I think he went about point. this whole thing. That's the whole point, I though. think he went about this whole thing very wrong, and then he got backed into a corner and then just lashed out. It seems like the whole thing could have been handled much more appropriately. I also... I think what he did was inappropriate. I wouldn't have considered it cheating, in my opinion. 
I feel like if you're talking about how attractive another woman is and are secretly trying to get them gifts behind your girlfriend's back and then be telling your girlfriend you're being unreasonable about this bothering you, to me, that's becoming like emotional cheating. And I think this guy's a dum-dum. I don't know about... <laughs> I still don't know if I would consider that cheating. I would consider it emotionally cheating. I think that cheating. they both have a choice they're in a relationship she can leave if she's not comfortable with it or she can talk through it just like he should have done much more communicating and made it very clear that he was not interested in this woman and if it seems that he is and she doesn't trust him well that might be a great time to get out because trust is a big thing See, i think if he were married let's go ahead and throw that in there too if he were married i would be much more concerned because then it's like you know you've signed the contract and crossed the line to you should not be even stepping foot into that realm. Yeah. I agree that he should not have done what he did and it was inappropriate. But since it was a girlfriend and a work friend situation, it makes it a little more understandable from my perspective. Boundaries are important, but everyone also has different sets of boundaries. So like for me, that would I would deem that as emotional cheating. And just because someone else might be... Like, there were plenty of other women in the comment section who were like, I think it's fine for my husband to have a work wife. Um, I would harm somebody if you came home and were like, hey, Rebecca, this is my work wife. And she would go missing the next day. <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> That's why I'm not going in the woods with you. <laughs> you know, we're joking. Yeah. I would never harm anybody. <laughs> but what what upsets me the most about this guy is that his girlfriend sitting here crying talking about how I'm feeling very disrespected just like belittling her feelings gaslighting her into thinking that she's unreasonable and she's not I think we're spending a lot of time on something that's going to be very subjective if she's not comfortable with it and has crossed a boundary and she's let him know that this is not acceptable then she should leave him that just goes to another question that I got so many times is like how do you move on in a relationship after infidelity, after cheating? And like my answer is, for me, that's a boundary. For me, you don't. This is going to be all circumstantial. You I'm... always give people the benefit of the doubt. For people that, okay, I have to I have to hype you up for a second. Literally, this is one of my favorite things about Avery Rogers. Is, unless we're talking about someone who has like really wronged me. Because of people who have genuinely hurt me Avery will get so protective and like he like hates them like they're done but anyone else like Avery could be complaining about our neighbor we don't even know our neighbors which is why I'm I'm using that as an example because it's not actually pointed at anyone oh, but, I hate him. oh no we don't even know our neighbors he could be complaining about a neighbor and the moment I join in on complaining about this person Avery will complete well well they're actually really nice because of Blah, 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 blah. And it's not their fault that they leave That's their nice car part. out in the yeah. street. Like, they they really are so great because of X, Y, Z. And they've been working really hard. And they've been going through a rough time. Like, Avery, if, if Avery could be complaining about somebody, but the moment someone else rags on them, he will, like, 100% come to their defense. And, like, no, no one else is allowed to talk bad about him. Um, Just a contrarian thing, I but think. But you, you, you will always find a reason to stand up for someone again unless they have wronged me and then they're dead to you <laughs> so i think it's very circumstantial i think there are times when it may not be so 
cut and dry. Like, let's, I don't have any experience. I would never even consider doing something. Yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> so it doesn't really make sense in my head, which is kind of a thing we've discussed on lots of situations. It's hard for me to understand something if I haven't seen it or right. felt it. And that's normal. That's valid. But let's say there's children involved. Always more difficult that way. Let's say there's, you know, circumstances where both people had done something wrong. Or let's say there's circumstances where, you know, you were in open relationship because that was I think much that's more different. popular. I think that's ver a very different but situation. But people will be in relationships like that. Something will happen or something like someone gets with someone who they think is much more attractive, etc. Right? Look at your story. And then it's not okay anymore and someone's cheated. That's why I'm saying it's all circumstantial how you deal with it. It shouldn't be acceptable in the first place. If that is your line, it should not be acceptable. You should not do it. But once you get there, I think it's perfectly reasonable to handle it within yourself and it shouldn't be a public issue. Another question that lots of people were asking about is what are your thoughts on living together before marriage? It doesn't personally bother me. I honestly think as long as you can set boundaries it's probably more sensible to figure out if you can live with this person long term, mm -hmm. especially if it's going to be like forever, because a lot of people will get into a relationship, never have done anything like that. will get married or say, hey, we're going to move in together. Now we're serious. We're engaged, etc. This is forever. And then, you know, living with someone is not easy. Right. It can be very difficult and it ends up being mostly you know give take compromise and you know it's more like a collaboration where you have certain skill sets and another person has certain skill sets someday it may be you have to take 90 percent of the responsibility for the project the other person takes 10 and then other days it may be i can't take but 25. i think it's really important to live with someone before marriage and now like caveat for a moment because there are some people that just don't want to get married and that is also okay. Like for some people, marriage is just not the answer. I have a friend who was in a very abusive marriage and just refuses to tie herself to someone like that. Again, she will never get married. And I know that for some people that is just out of the question for religious reasons. And that's fine. Milo, why are you going? This is my cat. I don't understand. Just like you said, living with somebody is not easy you know you just you don't know what your boundaries are until you know like what if the way they chew their food makes you want to claw at your brain what if they snore so loud that you're not able to sleep at night what if the way that they leave their clothes all over the floor don't know who would do that it's such a mystery who would leave their clothes all over the floor it can't be me milo <clears throat> You just don't know what you don't know. And you want to make sure that you can cohabitate with somebody. I believe that goes into another question that was asked with how do you know if that person is the one or is there a one person that is right for you? And how do you deal with commitment? I think this that is a be for questions. you question because I, or like I, I always assume when I make friends, oh, they're going to be my friends forever. Or like, you know, I've always been that person. I get attached to people. Um, so I've never had a problem with that. So maybe that's a you question. I don't know. It seems like you're the perfect one to talk about commitment then. I've All never had a, commit. I've never had a problem with commitment. I have a problem getting out of commitments. Like if a year goes down the line and I'm like, oh, this friend is not really my friend and they're putting me through absolute hell. 
I have trouble walking away. Because I think that's I'm a very valid point to make about relationships. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you're right. Sometimes I really just need you to, like, bring me back to reality. Of Like, Rebecca, these people aren't your friends. Like, I needed that when I left the last project. I never would have left the last project if you weren't like, these people are not your friends. Well, let me rephrase it. Do you have any advice for people who are extremely committal on how to break things up with, say, a friend or a relationship? I think you just... See, here's the thing, though. If you're walking away from a friendship or a relationship because it's toxic for you... I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. Like, well, what if I hurt their feelings? Okay, you don't need them in your life anyways. Like, Any tips and tricks to help people that want to do it? Rip the band-aid off. Okay. <laughs> Just rip it off. Which, not even for their benefit, for your own. Like, if you're at that point where they're just, like, draining your life of all positivity, you got to stop worrying about how they're going to feel and what they're going to do. It doesn't matter because you're they're exiting out of your life. That's the whole point. That's the goal. And it's going to be better for you. If you're already bad at like walking away from people, you don't want to drag it out because then you're going to change your own mind and you're going to psych yourself out. You got to rip the bandaid off for you so that there's no going back. Period. I think the takeaway from that was you have to do what's best for you what's best for you a lot of times and there is no easy way but to be direct is often less painful and less conflict for everyone yeah yeah i am the complete opposite in relationships <laughs> most of my relationships i consider everyone a friend mm -hmm. just in general doesn't matter if you're a stranger etc but i also most of my really good friends will change in and out they're almost interchangeable based on what my mutual interest with them is like I was really into softball four or five years ago, made so many great friends, so many good people, and they were all my best friends while I was at softball. So if I would go back to softball now and play competitive softball, they'd be all my best friends again because we'd have a mutual interest. So when it comes to commitment, I think there's, you know, I don't think there is a one person out there for everybody. I think that would be irrational because I don't think in a world with over 7 billion people, you would ever find that one person. Like if someone were in China, for example, and the other person were in Canada, how are you ever supposed to meet? The chances that you would cross paths would be astronomically low. I hate when logistical people put science and rationale into like hopeless romantic ideals. Let me I mean, have it. <laughs> if you were to talk about fate, maybe it is possible. Maybe that one person was supposed to be in that one circumstance because it's going to happen exactly how it's Yeah. Gonna, unless you believe in multidimensional stuff no we're not even a, i know mm, i'm gonna cut you off right so maybe there. there is one person for every one person but i don't believe from a current standpoint in the present perspective there is one person that you are tied to forever i right. think there is a person that you will end up eventually getting with if that's what happens but i think you could be the right person for any number of other people if you treat them correctly you have a lot in common that makes your relationship kind of flow well and synergize I think that's perfectly reasonable. I don't think it was determined in the stars four million years ago that I was going to be in this place right now. Well, I don't agree, but that's fine. <laughs> I would like to hear more about Past like, perspective. You, you did struggle with commitment. Like that ideal terrified the crap out of you. When it comes to commitment and commitment issues, it's something everyone has to deal with growing up. And it's something it's kind of maybe learned societally and communal. It might be something that where 
you know, my parents were less, they were much more consider your options, go off of your experience, make sure you've got like a wide net and a bunch of fallbacks. My thing growing up was always have a plan B, C, D, and then maybe all the way to Z. So maybe that played into, you know, commitment issues and relationships. It was very likely it did. I will there say are a lot of people in your family that don't I know what you're value marriage. I wouldn't consider that the most appropriate phrase we could use. But what I'm saying is they shaped my life. They didn't make decisions for me. Yes. So when it comes yes. to that, it's not that they determined whether I had commitment issues or not. It was yeah. what I thought growing up and et cetera. Yeah, like, that, I think that's so valid. What changed your mind, though? See, it's not an answer you're going to be pleased with. It's not something that's like romantically entangled in, oh, this is the Disney movie perfect. No, that's okay. Because, you know, you are a fantastic person. And when I weighed the pros and cons, your pros were way higher than the cons. I love your personality. I love you as a person. And I thought we could grow together. But when it came down to it, the commitment issues were more, you know, what if there's something else better out there? Yeah. And it wasn't that there was something. It wasn't that I wasn't complacent with my relationship. It was more, maybe there's something different. Maybe there's something more exciting. Maybe if I got to talk to more people, I could just, you know, just keep doing that forever. And that's kind of how, you know, dating was for me. It was what was the next person I could talk to. I just wanted the excitement, the thrill of, I want to see that text on the screen, you know? It was more, okay, so this person gave me attention. I'm going to kind of push away and the next person will give me attention. As I became more like athletically inclined growing up, it became easier to get attention. So I was just looking for the next rush and that kind of created a commitment dark hole almost where, oh, they gave me the right kind of attention. Let's push away and find someone else that can give me that same attention, but make it new and more exciting. Like a Fast and Furious. That the movies just sense. keep going on forever, even though you don't want them to. <laughs> but you ultimately, like, you ultimately changed your mind and you asked me to marry you. This is more of a grown-up statement for people that are kind of aging into college and beyond. Because there's some point where it's not just fun and games anymore. Not everybody finds that perfect click where, oh my gosh, this person is a 10 in my head. Or this person is the most wonderful personality. I want to spend every single day with them. Honestly, it's probably more common that people just get together, like each other, and that's what happens, right? You just co-mingle and it's really, it's a situation where you really like each other for the first part. And then after a year or two, it gets hard to leave, especially as you get older and older and it turns into more complacency creates the relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. For people who have a lot of commitment issues, it's almost better to kind of break that wall somehow, even if it's not with a relationship, there's something outside of a relationship. Commit to something like an animal, a pet, or et cetera. See if that is something that you can deal with. And if it is, then maybe it's not a commitment issue so much as you just need to accept that I'm going to love this person unconditionally and be able to co-mingle and work through any of our problems. And that should be the crux of marriage. It shouldn't be, I really like this person for six months, let's get married because it's time. I think that's kind of the grown-up way to look at commitment issues. It's less so, I can't commit to a person, it's more I can't commit to myself for long-term and I know that I don't have the restraint to be able to be in this relationship. And if you can't get through that barrier, just don't. It's a lot of big words to say, 
commitment issues aren't so much an outward thing. It's more what you are projecting outward from within. I think that's very self-aware. Does the idea of commitment still freak you out? See, it depends on what you were committing, though, right? Like, for me, if it was a sport, it wasn't like it was commitment. It was just fun. It was just something I could dive into, and I could spend every single day now playing pickleball. It's almost like an addiction. So maybe commitment issues may have some sort of addictive personality type thing to the two. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But for me, it was like if I could really get into it and I really enjoyed it, like a video game or something, it wasn't commitment. It was just doing the next most fun thing. Whereas relationships are like, oh gosh, this is permanent and I could ruin another person's life or change mine significantly. That doesn't answer my question. <laughs> well, I, Do you sure. still struggle with, I mean, like now we're married. Does the idea of like, you're stuck with me forever freak you out? No, because I've accepted my fate. <laughs> oh my God. No, because that's what I was trying to explain is I broke that wall of, you know, and maybe the cats helped because we got cats first. And that, that wasn't so scary for you. You're like, oh my gosh, this is like a, an infinite commitment because they're they're immortal obviously nothing's ever happening to these perfect angel for babies i don't know the perfect answer it's more i accepted that i could be with someone who was just a great person forever going forward and i didn't need to find the next best perfect thing there didn't need to be a perfect i could make what we had perfect as it was i like that no sweet so then is there something else that i got a lot of questions about and I didn't really have a good answer to this. This might be another one for you is, is there anything that you wish you knew before you got married? You, you know what I, I mean. I don't know. That's a loaded question. Yeah. I don't, I'm a very everything happens for a reason kind of person. So like I'm very happy and content where our lives are right now. Right? So for me, even though there are things I wish did or didn't happen previously, it's almost kind of like, if I changed anything or if I did anything different, would we would we still have this? Like, would we still be as happy as we are? As pessimistic as I am, outwardly projecting, yeah. I'm extremely optimistic about almost everything. As weird as that sounds. I can sit there and what I do is critique positively. If that makes sense. I will critique every single right. thing about everything oh, in my <laughs> life. But it's not to be negative. It's to create a more positive outcome. So any spot, I'm confident 100% or more that any spot I was in in my life, I was going to be happy. So I was going to make it where I was going to wake up that day. And even if it was hard or difficult or I had a job that I didn't like that much, I was going to find a way to make things happy. Okay. I'm trying to think of like a way to like smoothly segue into this, but I don't, I don't really know if there is because like we don't, we never had any like prenups or anything like that. And it's so funny because like going into our marriage, I was a teacher and you were a successful attorney. And it, it was definitely under the impression or under the assumption that like throughout our lives, you would be taking care of me financially because like I was just a teacher. Well, at one point we were just, when we were planning on having a family, you were just going to do that. Right. We were going to eventually hope to have kids and then we make were, it where you we decided, didn't have to work mm, unless you wanted to. Yeah. And then we decided mm, no kids. Which is a whole other relationship um, yes, aspect. Yes, and I do want to talk about that in a second. But um, I want to know what your thoughts are on, like, like we never had any prenups or anything like that. But I was in family your... law for a while. Yeah, I know, I know. Although I'm saying that, like, I don't have any experience with it. But what are your thoughts on the idea of 
prenups and um, like precautions and things like that going into marriages? Like, do you think that they're a good idea? Or do you have a neutral opinion on them? Do you think that they create mistrust in relationships? I think it's completely based on the individuals. Again, legal answer depends. Uh, it's really what the individuals want to take out of the relationship, right? It's like a safety net. If you're okay with saying, hey, there's a safety net in case something happens, I wouldn't see why that would be a problem. I actually would say it would be preferred to have something, especially if you already have assets coming in or there's something where one party could be significantly harmed or both parties, that it makes sense and it's very sensible and logical. But in order to have a successful relationship with a prenup or a contractual obligation, you also have to understand that you both have to be emotionally disattached from the legal perspective of it. You have to go into it understanding that this is just like its own separate issue. It makes sense to both of us not to put that into the relationship and like bring it up because people are petty and kind of separate that from the emotional side, say this just makes sense if something happens or goes wrong, kind of like a will. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're going to live our lives and have them completely separate. Don't ever bring it up again unless there is something that goes significantly wrong. No, I think that makes sense. And again, like I'm, I'm not an expert on exactly what goes into prenuptial agreements, postnuptial agreements, all those things, because I just don't have experience with it. From my understanding, and you can tell me, like, pre the idea of a prenup is the idea that, like, if we divorce, we just take, like, like everything from before the marriage, we don't split, right? Like, if someone goes into a marriage with, like, a giant fortune, and they live their lives, and they do whatever, then if they, if they were to get a divorce, then everything that they had before the marriage is off limit, and they split what they made together in the marriage, correct? So it's just a contractual agreement and anyone yeah. can make a contract about anything. Really, it just has to have offer acceptance and there has to be, each party has to get something from it. Prenup could say, if you ever cheat, we're going to stay together, but I get to have 80% of the assets and I can do anything I want with the bank accounts or something like that. I don't see why that would be a problem unless your state rejects a prenup like that. Okay. So it doesn't have to be just divorce. It could be any circumstance you could think of, if you want to have, you know, a safety net or additional stipulations with if this were to occur during a marriage, this is the outcome. But for me, like, I would never go into a marriage under the impression that it's not going to be forever. The agreement itself, I don't think I would be mad about because in my mind, I'm like, well, it's not going to apply anyways. Like, and a lot of people do think that. Yeah. Way. But I, I know that there are some people who would take it very offensively and take it to heart. Um, and that's fine. And you can. I just, my brain doesn't look at it that way because for me, it's not going to apply. And that was my point. You have to be able to separate fully the emotional from the sensible side of it. Logically, they make sense to have in some circumstances. Emotionally, they almost never make sense. Because why would you ever enter a contract thinking, I'm going to break the contract? Right. Well, so there's another kind of safety net that um, I didn't even really know was such a popular or common thing until recently. Someone sent me a story about how this woman was getting married and she obviously loved the man that she was marrying and there was no, there was no concern of any kind of abuse or anything like that. Um, but her mom struggled in her marriage. So she felt like she wanted to set aside this large chunk of money, like 
maybe twenty to thirty thousand dollars of money in this separate bank account that the hus her daughter's husband wouldn't know about, that the bride would just have access to if something ever happened and she felt like she needed to escape and she would still have like something to survive off of. Um, and years go by, she's happily married. Um, she is not concerned about her husband becoming abusive or cheating. And it is very important to him to be um, a sole provider. So like he, he wants to be able to provide for his family. He wants his wife to not have to work. So she doesn't work. But that also means he's working numerous jobs to be able to make ends meet. And he's always worried that there's not enough money and that there's not enough whatever. Well, during these years that she's not working and he's working multiple jobs, she's still taking a chunk of the monthly income and depositing it into that secret account. Here's down the line, the husband is just kind of looking at finances, trying to figure out where do we need to cut back or where are we, where are we spending a little too much? He notices that there's like $600 that just seems to go missing every month. He says, you know, do you know anything about this? I, I don't recognize this account that it's going to. Like, am I missing something? And that's when she's, oh, yeah, that's my, that's my safety net account. And he looks at what? She says, yeah, my mom set it up just in case I ever needed to, like, be able to get away if anything were to ever happen, if you ever hit me or cheated on me or anything. And I've just been putting, like, a little bit in it every now and then. He's like, well, how much money is in it now? close to $40,000 and he's sitting there micromanaging every penny not even getting himself like new clothes and she's got $40,000 stashed away and I I was so floored when I read this and he's like this is so disrespectful like we've been married for years you think I'm going to harm you you think like I'm working three jobs that you don't have to work at all. We don't even have children. And you've just got this whole thing of cash stashed while I'm sitting here stressing about being able to provide for you and me. A what? And I just wanted to know what you think of this idea of safety net accounts and the idea of not like initially having these accounts. And then, like, continuing to put stuff into it years down the line. I want to know your initial thoughts, and I'll tell you what I think. That's not crazy and unheard of. That, like, uh, especially really wealthy parents or something don't like the groom or bride, etc. that's getting married, and they'll make, like, an account. Or, you know, down the line, they'll make an account that says, I'm putting all of this money into a trust. Here's a million dollars that's going into a trust. If you leave your husband within the next this amount of time, you get this money that's, or something like that's that. That's common? It's not uncommon. It's not unheard of. Okay. I wouldn't say it's like you're not seeing this in relationships right. very frequently, but it does happen. Right. Yeah, not all that many people have just tons of money to toss into a right. account, but it does happen. The absurd thing in that story is that she's taking his income and adding to it and putting in it. Now, from a legal perspective, I mean, you'd have to go back to intent and all this other stuff, but she's now muddled that fund. That fund is now commingled funds. Unless you could get it down to the very penny in a lot of states, you would have to split that money or he could take it. He would have access to it. Interesting. Well, so I want to know, like, what are your, like, do you think the idea of safety nets like that, do you think that's a good idea? I don't see the point. 
in a safety net like that. If uh -huh. you're as a financially savvy parent is giving this person an out, why not just invest that money into like a Roth IRA or some other kind of account that can accrue interest and just don't use that money? And then if something ever happens, be like, hey, we had this account set up on the side. We didn't want to make any, like, I would never even make the bride known about this money. About that okay. just seems like she went into it thinking, oh, this isn't a real commitment. I can do whatever I want. And I think that's really weird. I think I would put it in like an investment account if I had any concerns mm -hmm. about the person and just let it accrue interest and have that money there in case a family member needed it. It's so funny because if you asked me my opinion on this a year ago, I think it would be completely different. Because about a year ago, I would say, well, why would you get married to someone before you were positive they weren't going to hit you? Well, you don't always know. Well, that, that's like, I'm, I'm telling that like I've, I've grown, you know, like I've, I've seen friends and family members both end up in situations with individuals they've known for years you know I'm, I'm just saying that i've grown as a person and it's so funny because about a year ago i would have said what that's so disrespectful and i'm just kind of making the point that again like you can learn things and you can grow and you can change your mind about topics i think that i like your your point about like if a parent is going to do that maybe not even tell them now i'm not a finance finance person i don't even know what a Roth IRA is maybe i'm irresponsible I don't know what all these different accounts are because <laughs> I'm not a real adult. I'm still a child. But some of these people, like, have been in these relationships for over a decade. You can't plan for those kinds of things. And it's like, I don't want to be like, yeah, they're great. Because, like, it's not great. You don't want to have to use it. You don't ever want to be in that kind of position. So I'm never going to fault anyone for having a safety net. You just have to I think, I think... separate... Emotional, well, yeah. and logical. Well, I but well but to but, your point, conditions change. If the world were perfect and it were going to be the exact same way when you got married, there wouldn't be any need for all of these things. You have to understand that people lose jobs. People right. get new high stress jobs. People get access to a lot of money. People lose a lot of money. People make decisions. I mean, one of the biggest decisions in your life, or in someone's life rather that is going to change so many things is having a child. And so many people want to do it and want that experience and it's wonderful. But it is the most stressful, life-changing thing. You now have like two full-time jobs with just one child. And that's just the child. That's not working your full-time job. There's so many conditions that change that can cause a need or a reliance on something else. And when that habit or hobby is not positive and it's not healthy, things can go wrong. This woman didn't just have a safety net, which again, I would love to be able to say is unnecessary, but that's just not the case in this day and age. And that like- It's that, that she was contributing It's that funds. she was not just contributing his funds, but just constantly growing it. Yeah. But the fact that like she's letting her husband work multiple jobs and he's so stressing about every penny to make sure they're not splurging whatever. And she's just secretly taking a giant chunk from that to me, that crosses the line. To me, she's stealing his money. She is. And like, I know that there are gonna, I know that when you have are a one income household, your money is still your money. It's not just one person's money or another person's money, but she's saving that whole bank account as her money. It's the way she used it and the dishonesty and take. Yes. Another question that I saw so much in my inbox for this episode is, do you think that married couples should have 
joint finances or do you think that there should be some financial independence and like for us like I've never even considered like separating anything I've seen the pros and cons or I could see the pros and cons of both situations right it's that's going to be a personal preference thing you got to figure yeah. out your own funds and if children get in it's a little more messy and then you get oh who's buying bigger gifts or something like that a bunch of issues but if you can figure it out and it works for you right I, I think it's another one like i think with every relationship question there's not a one size fits all you know like it really just depends on you and your values and your morals and your boundaries like for example um there's there's this couple on social media and i don't even know what their names are like i don't i i've seen them every now and then i don't follow them i don't know them personally um but they do these pranks on each other where they like dump like the i don't even know what it is milk goo slime whatever you they know what get the balloons about? and the they balloons. shoot them yeah, yeah 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 and you know what i hope homegirl's living her best life i hope she enjoys every second of that can't be me can't be me and it's so funny because i even made like a little uh no, <laughs> do not get the look in your face. I even made like a little a little stitch from one of their compilations with a video of like showing him dropping the balloon on her a couple times and just, oh, I wondered where all my patients went. Like I couldn't find it. I guess she's been hoarding all of it, but you know what? It looks like she needs it a whole lot more than I do so she can just keep it. And it was just like a little, a little thing about like, I even made the caption, I hope she's living her best life and I hope she's so happy. Can't be me. <laughs> and so many people in the comments were, well, she does it too. Okay. So what? I still wouldn't want to do that. Like, oh, but they both clean up together. Okay. Who cares? That's just not in my boundaries. Like, again, I hope she's having the best time of her life. That doesn't mean that just because they do it together that other people would be okay with that kind of situation. And that's fine. About the boundaries thing, I think it's healthy to have set boundaries. And I think it's healthy to have expectations that you're going to be treated right and that you're going to have someone who respects your ideologies, your ideal, and your person. You want kids and they don't want kids. Maybe that's not the person for you. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who do want kids. We, at one point, thought that we would have kids. Like, we had a very conventional timeline. Like, we thought we are going to get married. We thought, like two years just kind of live life and have kiddos and we got to those two years and we're like mm, nope nope what made you decide that you didn't want kids see i grew up thinking that i would either become a pro athlete or get a higher level degree and then go back home mm -hmm. to where my mother was mm -hmm. and once she passed away then it really took the strain of being like head of the household, like organizing reunions, the real traditional family lead, and made me rethink it and kind of took that off my shoulders and said, hey, life's about more than just fulfilling other people's needs and expectations. Yeah. What if I got out of you know, that small hometown feel? How successful could I be or what could we do? I, I still, to this day, don't feel like a real adult, man. Like, I still feel like a little kid. And 
You're the size of one. <laughs> I see my friend's kids and I love them with my whole heart and soul. And I'm so glad that they're loving motherhood. I love that for them so much. I don't want to stop what I'm doing. Like, I like being able to be selfish. I like being able to, oh, let's let's go to Dallas this week and let's go to California in a few weeks. Like, I like being able to do what I want and I'm just not in a place where I want to stop doing what I want. And I think that there's a lot of people who would call me selfish for that. And then I might agree if you really wanted kids and I was like, no, I want to do whatever I want. Like, we might be able to have a conversation. But, like, I don't think it's... I think it's very selfless to not have kids when you're not willing to give it all up for the kids. That was going to be what I was about to say. Is yeah. The people I talk to, and especially my personal opinion, it is the complete opposite. The reason that I was going to have kids was for my family and to kind of... You know, keep the tradition going. Let my mother and father have grandkids. Let them go interact with their cousins and things like that. And, you know, that's fine and that's healthy and that's the way life goes a lot of times. But it was more so that I could fulfill a role or, you know, pass on knowledge to some little me or something like that. It wasn't because I wanted kids and wanted to respect what that kid was going to be from age zero to 21, because that's what it is and usually even longer at this point. It was more, I realized and self-reflected that it's not about having a child. It was about me getting the experience of having a child. And then when I was going to, and I would have been okay, and something happens and we have a child, it would be fine. It would be something that we'd love and take care of. But it's more, it was me selfishly wanting to reflect all my flaws and fix them with this little child and give him all the knowledge that has ever existed. And that's never what happens. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, I want to have a ch child and make this wonderful family and stuff because I know that I'm selfish and I don't want to lose my free time and I want to be able to go, you know, across the country to play in a pickleball tournament if it's something that's competitive and I can get paid for or to be able to make my own schedule at work even or just to be able to sleep eight hours. And I think that's reasonable. I don't think that's something that's completely out of the ordinary, especially right. modernly. Well, and also, like, having kids is just so expensive right now. You know, I have a friend who's a PA, and her husband is a physical therapist. And her PA salary, her six-figure salary a year, each month, her, mo like, 90% of her monthly paycheck would go towards daycare for the two kids. Daycare alone. Well, you're paying their salaries too. That's how I understand. Well, like, that's my point is it's, that's someone who's making a six-figure salary. It is more cost-effective for her to just not work and stay home with the kids. And that's just child care. Like, that's just what they do all day before they go to school. Like, whenever we go on trips and we travel a lot for for my work when I see a family of five sitting in first class together I just shiver to myself not that there's anything wrong with it but I know what those seats cost times five oh my gosh think of how much we travel 
having to tack on another plane ticket or two. It's not practical. And like when I'm not actively wanting a child, wanting a baby, like I'm not craving motherhood. Like your mom always told me before she passed that she never really wanted or she never like, she never craved being a mom until one day she just woke up and did. And that was the day she decided she wanted to have kids. So for me, why would I have a child just to have a child if I wasn't in the mentality or the space to like want to be the parent that that kid deserved? You know, like to me, that's self. That's what's selfish. And like, there's so many people that are like, yeah, but content, no. Content is not a reason to have a child. Children shouldn't be extorted for content. Yeah, 100%. I think another thing um, that I really want to touch on for people starting to get into relationships, and I think this is one of the most important things that I could say. I think for a long time, Hollywood has perpetuated this idea that like, oh, well, if she says no, like if you ask her out, you say no, you just, you just try a little harder. And you just keep going because if she just gets to know you, she'll be so, like, you'll go out, you'll be so happy, it'll be great. And I think that has created such a harmful ideology in that no doesn't actually mean no. That's so dangerous. And I've, I've gotten so many stories from women who just really feel so unsafe and like they're being harassed by these dudes that do not understand why well i'm just i'm just showing her that i'm really interested no she said like someone someone sent me a story about how their little nephew was in high school really wanted to ask out this girl and he did and she said no and he came home and he was all disappointed and she saw his nephew and she's like hey what's wrong bud he's all Jessica, Jessica turned me down. I asked her out and she said no. And I'm just, I'm really bummed out about it. And the woman said, oh, well, you know what you got to do now, right? And he goes, yeah, I know. I just got to keep trying harder and keep at it. And the aunt goes, no, you move on. You find someone else. What, what do you mean? And he looked at her and he was so surprised because no one had ever told him before that if she says no, she means no. And he had only seen in these movies that if a girl says no, you just got to keep trying harder. And there's this whole community of guys that like, I feel like at this point, feel like they're owed a chance. Then it'll, it'll all work out for him. And all she needs to see is that he's really a nice guy. I think in general, people should be a little bit more aware of the messages that the media that is out there and that they're putting out there is like what message is it sending, but also like unlearn some of these behaviors that we're getting from movies. Like That's a good point too, because we talked about the pros, like the positive side of internet dating and things earlier. The internet is a dangerous place with relationships, especially. You should be very careful. You should never put your persona on the internet unless you are expecting it to be used in a certain way or to be looked at in a certain purview. You should be very careful and protect yourself. Take every protection you possibly can. Do you have any other dating or relationship advice or things that you want to touch on before we finally close? Because like you and I can both ramble. I would normally have some sort of prolific saying, but I don't know, <laughs> blank a little bit. I guess what I would say is 
just make sure you're comfortable with your boundaries. Yeah. And once you've established your boundaries, just try to find people that have great personalities you can click with and that you can get along with long-term because there's always going to be problems. There's always going to be something that has to be solved, fixed, or bought. It's whether you can take all of the bad and at the end of the day say this is the perfect person for me and I can coexist with them. Relationships are about respect, like mutual respect, um, and also mutual interest. You should never try to force someone to want to be with you. You should never try to force someone, like they either want to be with you or they don't. They either respect you or they don't. Like there's not really middle ground there, okay? And I think that it's just important to understand, be aware, and value those things. For a lot of relationship questions and concerns, there's not, there's usually not a right or wrong answer. It's all about you and the person that you're with in like the boundaries between you two. And relationships aren't supposed to be easy. Sometimes they really yes. are. Sometimes for the first like bit of it, the honeymoon phase, they're just so good, so fun and so easy. Maybe that's the best thing I should leave people with is marriage is not supposed to be easy. When you cohabitate with one person for a really long time, it's hard. It's about making sacrifices, being able to compromise, look the person in the eye and say, you're the person that I love, not the person I like. Sometimes it's okay to have a fight. Sometimes it's okay to not like that person at all. You know, take a break, walk out, go take a walk for an hour, come back and say, I still love you. This is why I was hurt or this is why I felt this way. And then work it out. That's what marriage is. It's about fighting for each other, with even each when other. you fight with each other. Yeah. Fighting for even when you fight with, no, not just fighting each other. Even though <laughs> Fighting for each feel, other with each other. Yeah, it might feel different. <laughs> No, I like that a lot. And trust is yeah, easy they, to lose, mm -hmm. hard to earn. Yeah. So just think through your Agreed. decisions and don't make mistakes if you don't have to. So I'm very interested to see how long this episode comes out too. <laughs> oh, it's going to be like 20 minutes. I know the editor. <laughs> well, thanks so much for hanging out in our house with me, Avery. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll come back anytime. Anytime you invite me in. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and hopefully we either said something that you agree with that you liked or gave you clarity on. I hope you all have a great rest of your day and hope to see you all next week. Bye my lovelies. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.